Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. It's the corner where the treats is is this the the passing of the torch right is this what this signifies it comes down to that that front office and what they feel is most important the champ is here we've touched down from a higher plane why you made it here we always look forward to that week because it was always intense you know that we ain't coming back we got to the man the myth the legend dante hall my 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 favorite player growing up was dante hall i love you guys (laughs) too but dante was my guy Get to dashing because you're done on the war feet. This episode of Chief Concerns is brought to you by BetOnline.ag. BetOnline is the fastest and easiest way to wager on all your favorite sports, contests, and events with first-to-market odds and lines. Find reviews and news for every league, including Major League Baseball, NFL, NBA, NHL, combat sports, esports, and even golf. BetOnline continues to be the top online resource for all your sports information from live in-game betting, props, and futures. Head to BetOnline today or use your mobile device to join today and make your first sports bet. Use our promo code, that's BELIEVE50, B-L-E-A-V-5-0, to receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. BetOnline, where the game starts. Looking to help your favorite Chiefs podcast? Well, we're trying to raise money to create merchandise for our online store, as well as be able to have more merch to do giveaways to all of our fans. To any of our YouTubers, if you see down below, you can show your support with the new Super Thanks option. Any amount will go a long way towards helping us launch our online store. And of course, don't forget to like and subscribe. Thanks to all of our followers for your continued support. Enjoy the episode. Hey guys, welcome to another episode of Chief Concerns. The season is finally here. Training camp has now begun. I'm here with our host, former tight end, Jason Dunn. JD, how are you doing, buddy? What's up, brother? What's going on, man? Y'all, y'all caught me down on the beach last week, and uh, I'm getting back here, and, I, and, and I, I don't know if I'm coming and I'm going. I'm, I'm just kind of all over the place. And Marcus, I, I know right before we got on this thing, I've been trying to deal with cameras and getting everything put together, man. Uh, so my cameras was all in vacation mode too, right? It was trying to catch all the, the action. And so yes. now when I'm just sitting here stationary, uh, it's, a, it's a different shot. But other than that, man, everything has been going well. Everything has been going well. It's a, a wonderful, wonderful trip. So it's beautiful. Feeling rejuvenated and refreshed for the, uh, for the, for the season? I, I do. I do. Sometimes you don't realize that you needed vacation until you come back and realize how you was actually working, what you was actually doing. It's like, man, I know why I went on vacation and how much you really miss it. Uh, but it's always good to be home. I, I tell you what I did miss on vacation uh, is beds. Now, my bed here at home is without a doubt made for me. It's, it's made for a big man. And where I was staying at was it was a good size. I guess it might have been a queen. It wasn't a king, but it was really stiff. And, and you know, trying to get used to that was really tough. Really tough for a guy who was six six, and I'm extending every bit of me out there. Believe me, when I'm laying down, and so that was that was a little bit of a challenge, you know, being able to sleep at night. But uh, I think I was just more uh, reinvigorated for the season coming back, like you said. Uh, but I'm ready to go, man. Training camp is here, man, and and I'm just absolutely uh, tickled to death. 
because it's in the air. It's, it's in the air, man. And, and, and guys, we've been talking. Uh, Warfield, he sent us something the other day that was talking about <laughs> one of our schedules. And everybody's like, man, nobody misses this. So it's, it's you know, it's, it's one of those things, man. It's, it's the season, though. It's here. It's here, baby. And right now, James, you'd rather be talking about it than actually being being in it right now. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know, and, and, and think, look, things are a lot different now than it was back then. And so mm. uh, it's, it's a lot. Um, they take care of guys a lot better. Let me put it that way. Yeah. So it's a lot easier, a lot uh, more uh, conducive to healing the body than what we were doing. You know, we was out there with Vermeil and all those guys. I mean, two times a day with pads on, just grinding. I mean, it's just an absolute grind, X grind. You know, when you see the, the you know, fire flying off the flames of the X, that's what it was. All the sparks, yeah, that's what it was at training camp, believe me. So, <laughs> Well, you know, that, that's why, you know, and – and all the eras of sports, basketball, football, everyone always talks about this being a softer generation and back then being, you know, the in the thick of things, you know, that's the uh, that's the the hard generation. So, you know. Oh, yeah. There you, there you go. You were built for it. Yeah, man. You know, he's drinking mud and, and you know, whitening glass and all those different things. But for real, man, we, when you talk about taxing on the body, mm-hmm. it was absolutely uh, one of those things. You, yeah. you, you just knew you didn't really get no type of sleep. I can imagine those guys going to sleep at night now, like just actually, just you know, like real tender, just having a nice little, you know, and 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 you could just get some real good uh, uh, dreams. We probably had dreams. Shoot, when we was hey, we practicing is nightmares because you know you had to go and hit a big defensive end again another day. So it was like, oh man, they get up again and do us all over again, man. So camp turns into Groundhog Day real quick after the first week. So. Yeah, um, mm-hmm. same old thing every day. Yeah, well, yeah. I guess I guess for some guys, the guys who aren't used to it, like the, the young guys, it kind of it kind of breaks them into the NFL, the NFL mold, like right away. Kind of like it, it, you know, it's like you know what they say, it breaks you down. And you kind of like you you get right into it. That you kind of have like this is it. You know, this, this is the real thing. It's the big leagues. Yeah, uh, and, and like I said before, like how it was then? It, it was definitely a challenge. I mean, we had guys. I, I kid you not. Uh, I'll tell you this one story real quick. So apparently there was a guy that was on a team. I'm not going to say who it was uh, that we had uh, he brought into Kansas City. And the guy ended up sneaking out late at night, like going home. Like he was done. Like that was it. Like he <laughs> didn't tell nobody he was leaving. He was like, I'm out of here. I'm finished with football. You know, he had to question life. Like that was that. That's where he was at with it, man. And that's that's how it was. We came back. I think in a meeting, it was just like, yo, man, where, like, where's this guy? He's like, yo, he, this guy just he actually left home like late at night. Like, got in his car, put all his bags and stuff in, and went home. So that it's not like that now. Now it's like guys are real hungry and, and hoping to get opportunities right. uh, to play. And they, they'll have that. That's a good thing about camp right now because they'll have that opportunity to go out there and compete. Um, but the main guys that you know is going to be playing, they're going to be sitting back, just getting the timing down. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, trying to get the reps when they when they count and get ready to roll. So Man, that's crazy. I, I guess yeah. if mentally if you're not there, then there's no point in being there, right? Like you may as well get the heck out of there. Right. I mean you're you're what you're you're wasting somebody else's time by you know by being there. So I guess whoever that was, he's he just didn't want to do it anymore. <laughs> he, he was done. I, I guess it was just like I said, it was taxing on the body and the mind. I mean mentally, what you yeah. had to deal with. And so I could just imagine him like one that night he's just looking at the ceiling like you know what? 
Like I'm done with this. Like this is this is it. This is over for me. Yeah. Like I'm going home. Like I, I'm not telling nobody nothing. I'm just going to load my car up. I'm a tiptoe out of this Joker, and I'm heading home. But I'm getting out of Dodge as fast as possible. Damn. Yeah, it's crazy. Well, I guess you know. I guess he came to terms with that. That was it. He, he was done. Willing to hang it up. I, I respect. I, I give some respect there. You know, he knew it was over for him. He was done after that. Yeah. I, hey, look, man. The only thing is, don't don't sneak out of night. Okay. No. Let somebody know. Tell the coach. Hey, at the end. Hey, look. I gave it my all, coach. I appreciate it. Shake some hands. Tell guys bye. You know, whatever it is. If your heart's not in it, then your heart's not in it. You could get hurt doing yeah. things like that. Yeah. So I don't know. So we don't. I don't know where he was mentally, but the things, man. But I, I know, you know, he he was there. He might have some things else going on. So I'm not. I'm not going to dismiss how you know how his feelings. But you're right. You're right. That's hey. You know, he decided to hang it up. Yeah. Right. Right. <laughs> not for everybody. Yeah. <laughs> not for everybody. Not for the weak. Yeah. <laughs> um. Okay. So uh, obviously, it's training camp uh, first first day of training camp with everybody there. Uh, so a lot to get into tonight, and which is in, in retrospect for our past few weeks, been kind of not that much information, not a lot of news. But tonight we got a lot of stuff uh, ready to talk to you guys about. But before we get into that, we want to make some uh, little notes there. I uh, want to give a shout out to our YouTube commenter Hoove. H O O O V. Um, don't know who he is, but uh, or who, who she is. Um, but uh, last two weeks, he's given us a contributed to the new super thanks option that we have on the bottom of our video. Uh, ten dollars to the show. So, who uh, we want to say thanks, man. Uh, thanks for uh, the support. Um, appreciate you. Appreciate you. We, we, we love having all the, the, the commenters. We love the contributors. So, uh, thanks for being and he's the first super thanks uh, person to uh, hook us up with the super thanks. So, who. There's a shout out for you, buddy. Um, and then another shout out uh, for our guy, JB side, who was our training camp correspondent down in uh, chiefs camp today. I, lo- I love the video. Uh, he was repping the chief concern shirt on uh, a training camp. Um, and then we've got a lot, and a lot of people commenting and asking us about our, our shirts for, from that. So uh, JB side, props JB Johnny B side, man. I, I love that guy. I love it. I love his spirit, man. I love his energy. I, I love everything about him. And, and so, when he gives a shout out like that, man, you just can't, you got to commend him for it, you know, and you got to recognize him for just giving us the love and the shout out, man. So JB, man, here's the love back to you, brother. All right. Johnny B side, y'all go check out the duck races and all of that. Yep. I love seeing that entertaining, but JB, man, I, I love just kind of giving the commentary, showing the, you know, the, uh, the vintage shirts and all. Yeah. Good luck, brother. Good luck. Yeah. Appreciate hey, you, brother. Hey, all love. Um, yeah, and so for the people who are asking about the t- the t-shirts, uh, we post them on the uh, the tweet that JB side put out. But for everybody else, for every episode that we post on YouTube, it's in the descriptions below. Um, the two shirts on the Believe website, the Chief Concerns website is still a work in progress, but we're trying to get that up by the season. So uh, stay tuned for that. So uh, yeah, we're looking forward to everybody getting Chief Concerns merch out there. Um, so with that being said, got a lot to get into tonight. Pack show, JD, you ready to uh, talk some training camp? Let's rock and roll, man. Let's get it going. Let's do it. Okay, so for the first uh, topic tonight, um, you know, over the offseason, we talked about our draft, a lot of the young guys we brought in. But the one, and we talked about Trent McDuffie being the one cornerback, you know, our first-round pick. He was starting at cornerback today, so we had LeJerry Sneed on one side and Trent McDuffie on the other side. But 
And one name that we talked about in the fourth round was six foot three cornerback Joshua Williams, who from a lot of people, they said if he didn't go to Fayetteville State, he would have been a top two round pick, but he went to Fayetteville State, six foot three, 193. He was starting with the ones they had nickel. He was our nickel cornerback and with the ones today. So, and apparently, and, and I, one of the videos I saw, he actually had a few uh, pass deflections uh, from Mahomes. Um, so that's a big deal from a guy coming from a small school. JD, you came from a small school. Um, and uh, you obviously had a, a long career in the NFL. So uh, what do you have to say about this uh, fourth round find in uh, Joshua Williams on, on day one of training camp? He's rolling with the ones at nickel. What do you got to say about that? Uh, I mean, really, man, to be honest with you, uh, I look at it like this. And, here, and, and here's the reality. Uh, if you can play, they're going to find you. It, it don't matter if you're at Fayetteville State, EKU, or you're at a huge school, or maybe you're at a, a Juco. Whatever, if a guy can play football, they will find you. That's what they, they hire the scouts to do, to go out there and do diligent work, find a detail, see what a guy can, can offer the table, come out to a team. And Josh Williams, man, look, 6'3", man, rangy, lanky. Uh, man, if the guy can play, man, shoot. This, this, to me, I love the range. I love a guy who's 6'3", who's got a lot of length, uh, and is going to compete. So when he's running like that in nickel, 7-on-7, uh, yeah, they see so many. They they know what they got. I mean, he's a fourth round pick, so it's not like the dude is like, uh, you know, can't play, right? Was, you know, they know because they drafted the guy. And so, to me, I think that if you you have a guy um, that is able to handle that right now in training camp, you throw him into the fire immediately at this moment, right? Against the number ones, you see what he can do, see how he handles it, and so. Uh, all the, the, the good things coming out of camp, man, he's doing a, a, a tremendous job. So, man, hats off to him, but hats off to the, you know, the, the, the scouts and whatnot and picking this guy up to get him here. Uh, and, and, and I'm going to say this. Uh, I was having a conversation with, with somebody the other night, and they were talking about, like, uh, you know, because prime time is going against, you know, Alabama and whatnot. And so I said, you know, the thing is, competing against big schools, what happens with the smaller schools is it's the lineman that's different. Okay, your skill, your skill guys, wide receivers, DBs, these guys still got, you know, they still got skill sets. Mm. I mean, still lanky. They got uh, athletic ability. They could cut on a dime. They could catch. They could run. They could, man, I and mean, they got all that that you need. And so, for whatever reason, a guy falls somewhere here and that's the way where he chose. Hey, you know what? Shoot. I know he's here with the Chiefs right now. Beautiful, man. I love it, baby. I love it. Yeah, power to the, the, the small school guys. Um, and I remember when we drafted him, I, one, one of the things they said was, you know, small school guy, he dominated during uh, Senior Bowl. He actually showed, like, you know, that he, what, the, the school was just a name. He actually is, you know, this guy is legit. Um, and he tore it up during um, the Senior Bowl. That's where he raised his, uh, his draft value. Um, but, you know, first day of training camp, he's already rolling, rolling with the ones. You would think usually a fourth to, to seventh round guys aren't really rolling with the ones right off the bat like that. Do you think they, he probably shows something in the mini camp and before this where it's like, okay, this kid's the we're, we're going we're gonna to roll him with the ones in the nickel? Yeah, of course. I mean, he had to show it during uh, training camp, you know, mini camps, you know, in OTAs. Uh, but like I said, they knew what they had when the guy came in. They knew he was a competitor. And so they, they got tons of film on him. I'm sure they got a lot of, you know, paperwork as far as like what he was able to do, you know, and just evaluating him and analyzing, you know, all his attributes. And so a guy like this, you're not afraid to get, let a guy come in and, and like, look, this guy right here, if he has it about him and he was a dog at the Fayetteville State, shoot, 
hey, they got great receivers in Fayetteville State. Put him in here with the ones. Let's see what he can do. And so if he, he, I'm sure he performed in OTAs. They seem he was able to, re, you know, uh, retain a lot of the information as far as defensively knowing the schemes and whatnot. He worked well with the guys he was he was working with. I'm sure, like communication wise and stuff like that. And some guys are just look. Some guys are just football players. Yeah. Right. I mean, I, I've always said that that's probably one of the greatest uh, compliments that a coach can give you is a guy's a football player. That means he has instincts. That means he has this uncanny ability to make plays. Right. And so he probably has it about him. And so they seen it. Shoot, Spags probably seen it. It's like, look, man, this guy right here, put this guy in. Okay. There's no reason. Look, this ain't this ain't a a, a popularity contest by no means. Hey, we're trying to win football games. Yeah. If this guy right here could come in and play nickel, he could start right now. Put him in there. Yeah. So it's all about how a guy can handle it. So it don't it don't matter, man. Fourth round, first round, shoot, guy can do it. Let him do it. Shoot. Think about it. We we said that, and here we had. Uh, 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 Creed Humphrey in. We got Trey Smith. We got guys like Eddie in who got drafted yeah. a little bit later. Shoot. So a guy can play, man. Shoot. Let him play. He's got the talent. He's got the ability. Let him do it. Mm. Yeah. I, I just love his size, too. 6'3, 193. That's what I love more than anything else. That right there, when you say that, man, whew, I mean, he passes the look test. I mean, you and you see that length on screen. Oh, yeah. And the nickel? Yes, sir. Oh, yeah. That, that generally, uh, when, when, you, when you talk about the uh, story of the nickel, when we go to the nickel defense and he's with the ones, isn't usually the corner they bring into that? Isn't that like a more of a smaller stature guy generally? Don't usually when they bring that that, that nickel corner in, isn't that more of a like a smaller stature guy? It, I guess I, I guess it depends on the defense. It, it depends on the defense. It can be somewhat. It's 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 really the capable guy that you want, right? And almost it's the guy that is he may not be the starting corner. He's a guy who's next in line, right? That, I mean, that's the idea that you're really kind of looking for. Uh, is a guy who can play, who, who that you know that you have no problems bringing in, and can cover guys on on either side. So you know, as far as 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 being a nickel slot, you know these guys can go anywhere across the field, up the field, out, you know, in. And so I think that six three range actually bodes well for him, mm-hmm. right? Because now he can he can actually reach over. And knock a ball down. He could actually run with the smaller guys, and if it, that's the thing about it, if he can start and stop with the smaller guys that may be in nickel, shoot, then he can he's going to be all over it. But if you think about it, like look at Juju. Juju is what he's what six foot, like one one ninety five or something like that. Where is it? Somewhere around there. Yeah. So I mean, you know, this guy's three inches, you know, taller than him. He's got the range. Yeah. They just they the same weight. So if he can run with it, shoot, it don't it don't even matter. So. Um, and, and the video they one of the videos I saw, saw today, he was stride for stride with McCall Harmon. That was one of the past deflections he had. It was right. McCall Harmon, Brett Baskey knocked it out. He knocked it out of his hand. There you go. There it is. Like, yeah. like I'm, I'm just talking. There, there it is. So you run with guys. I mean, McCall Harmon, come on now. That, I mean, that's, you know, that's speed. Yeah. And he, if he stride for stride, he can stay in his hip pocket. Yep. He's That's an NFL receiver. Mm. So, you know. And he's a good NFL receiver. Yep. So that's what you want. That's what you want. Yeah, People can say what they want about McCole Harmon, but if we're talking just about speed, he's amongst the, the, the top echelon of the league with speed. And we're talking to this kid, sticking with him, striver stride. That that tells you what you need to know about the, the, the kid. Absolutely. Right. And the thing is, it's just going to help build confidence in him. Yep. Right. Because he knows who he's going against. So he's seen uh, McCole play on Sundays. He knows what he can do. He's been watching him. So 
that's just a challenge for him. And, and sometimes guys like that can step up uh, to the plate, you know, when you give them challenges like that. Yeah. Other guys may not. They might slough off or, you know, they might not meet the challenge. But the guy like that who has the, the mentality and the fortitude to go out there and just, you know, lay him out, mm-hmm. he's like, come on, bring it. I don't care who you put in front of me. Let me go. I want to – let's go again. He seemed like he's a guy like that. Shoot. I know he's he learning that from Fayetteville State. I, I promise you that. <laughs> I'm going to promise you that, okay? Yeah. Well, and you also have, I mean, you were a small school guy. I mean, you were a second-round pick, not a fourth-round pick, but, like, there was a little bit of that small school chip on your shoulder, right? You got a little bit of that. Yeah, but it was always, it was always you know, competing against, you know, these guys who were supposed to be the elite guys, right, that went mm-hmm. through these schools. And, and, you know, I had opportunities to go different places. Right. And I ended up at EKU. And so being at EKU, when I came out and then – when I realized, you know, when, when the scouts was coming to me and everybody was like, hey, man, you're like, you're rated number one tight end in the nation. I'm like, oh, cool. Like out of, you know, East Kentucky, one double A, there's like, no, like the entire nation. Like, because your ability, like you're running a four, five, four, four, you know, you got a 40, 40, 41 inch vertical. You know what I'm saying? We could, we know your ability and that's, you can't hide that. I don't care where you, where you go play. And then Eastern, you know, we, we, but we got a tradition at Eastern. We was like one of the best teams in one double A football anyway. Mm-hmm. In the nation, so we we had a a, a number of guys that gone to the NFL before me, yeah. so they knew what they was getting out of EKU. They knew the head coach who was one of the winningest coaches of all time. Uh, that who he's going to recruit. Yeah, but a guy like that from Fayetteville State, you you know when I'm going against guys, you know in the combine, and I went I went to the Super Bowl, same thing. So I get my eyes on all these guys I hear. I'm trying my best, and I want to see where I'm at with these guys. Yeah. So when I felt that I got there, it's like, oh shoot. You know what? Not just right here. I'm above some of these guys. You know what I mean? It was, it was lights out then. Shoot, it was over. <laughs> I must tell a story. So quick story, all right. I tell my brother the same thing like this. Like my sophomore year in basketball, my freshman year, I didn't play. I played like three minutes the entire season. Crazy. You know, that's a whole different story. <laughs> uh, but my sophomore year, after football season was over, I come out there on the basketball court. And while I'm sitting there, I'm looking at the rim. And I'm looking at the rim like, man, you know what? Like, I think I could, I think I could grab the rim. So I jump up. I grab the rim with two hands, like coming into my sophomore year. I grabbed it with two hands. I said, man, it's over then. Man, every chance I got in the game, yah, 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 yah. <laughs> I'm, 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 I'm windmilling and it, man, I'm telling you, I'm I'm trying to bring the goal down. And so in my mind, once I had that step and I seen I could do something, mm. which I know this guy like it from Fayetteville, going back to what I was saying before, mm. he just gained more confidence. He's like, man, I could play with these guys. Absolutely. Give me more. <laughs> Give me more. Give me more. So feed him. So I love it. I love it. So he got me excited right now just even thinking about this, man. Yeah. So I know it. And uh, I, I had to leave the show with that because I thought, you know, we talk about Carlothis, we talk about even Justin Ross, talk about Sky Moore. Uh, we talk about all these guys. Josh Williams, we didn't really talk about that much. And we see roll rolling out in training camps day, day one. This guy's rolling with the ones in Fayetteville State. I, I had, that had to lead the show today. They had to. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah, no that. doubt. No doubt. I love it. <laughs> Um, okay, so for more training camp takes, um, so during team and seven on seven uh, today, uh, Mahomes was kind of getting everybody involved, Hardman, MVS, Juju, but overall, though, if you if you looked at it, um, Juju was getting the more majority of the targets, um, and 
we were talking before, you know, he's, he's somewhat of a possession guy. Um, and after practice today uh, at uh, the presser, uh, he said um, it, what he's learned so far is always be ready, always be open. I came here to win is what he's learned already. So, so far being in the, the Chiefs kingdom so far, um, which is interesting. It kind of goes hand in hand with everything, everything we've talked about leading up to this point. But after kind of seeing day one, obviously it's day one. So there's a lot, a lot, a lot to go on. But the fact that he was kind of the, the the lead target getter today, are you surprised by that at all? And what do you kind of expect to see from Juju um, based on, I guess, today, after after what we've seen today? But may give a kind of taste and indication of what we could see going, going forward for the season. Yeah, no, that's – I mean, I'm not surprised by that at all. I mean, to be honest with you, I mean, I, that's what I expected. I expected for him to immediately try to get some type of rapport with uh, Juju and MVS, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, that's what you want to work into the system. And you're trying to do this as, as expedient as possible. I mean, really. And so Juju is, is probably going to be him today, maybe MVS tomorrow. But this right here is just a great indication about the weapons that Patrick has around him right now. Mm. And so you're talking about a guy who Juju was was a pro bowler who was they, the number one up there in Pittsburgh for a long time. This guy, man, he's a vet. You know, so start working it right now. Get it ready. And so they're gonna they're gonna be fine when it comes out game one and all cylinders. And I'm telling you, man, I'm I'm here for it. Just because of all the naysayers, all the things that people are sitting there talking about and you know, questioning their ability without you know Tyreek Hill being there. Uh I'm telling you, man, it's it's not gonna shock me at all. He's he's got some talented guys around him. And, and Pat, with his, his the talent of arm he has. Shoot, I mean, he's just gonna get the ball to him. Mm-hmm. So we we got we got caliber receivers out there, man. Like I said, we got number ones, uh, some number twos. We got caliber receivers out there right now, top caliber receivers that's gonna be able to catch the football. And so Juju to me is definitely one was one of the ones in the league for the past few years. Yeah, and uh, he actually caught the long. So this is day one of training camp, but he actually caught the longest ball today. And a lot of people are making the joke that Juju hasn't caught a ball that long and like two or three years because you know, we, we've seen ben, Big Ben's arm kind of, you know, declining a little bit over the last few years. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So he's going to feel good about that, man. He's mm-hmm. going to feel good about that. He's like, shoot, now I can't outrun none of these these balls. I got to pull up to catch a few of these things, right? So you're going to have to stretch his legs out, man, for Pat. Pat going to be, hey, hey look, he, that's one thing you can do, man. He got that cannon on him. So True, that's man. good. It's good to hear. And the thing about like, cause you know, I've been reading a lot of fantasy magazines. Everyone's talking about Juju could be the guy. I mean, whether he's not the number one receiver in Kansas City, he might be the guy to get in, in uh, PPR leagues, you know, points per reception leagues, because he might be the lead target getter of, of those guys. And I got to ask you from a, from a football standpoint, when he, I when, before we traded Tyreek, I was like, wow, we're gonna have Tyreek on the outside, we're gonna have Juju on the inside. And one thing I love about the idea of having Juju in the slot, if he plays primarily slot. Is with him and Kelsey on the other side to rub routes and drag routes between him and Kelsey all day. I mean, I I feel like that's going to be just something we talked about last year that we needed possession, kind of possession, move the chain type of routes. And I feel like him and Kelsey across the middle. I feel like that's going to be. I mean, talking about that, do you, do you see a lot of that happening between Juju and Kelsey, kind of having a lot of combo routes where they're dragging across the they're rubbing routes? You see, you see a lot of that happening. Uh. They're definitely going to have that aspect in the game. There's going to be a lot of rub routes, but also too, man, you just you got a capable receiver. And and what I mean, somebody that you don't have really too many questions about catching the football, mm. right? Where it might have been a little iffy, like okay, this guy we have in is going to be able to catch the football. He's going to be able to move the chains. Yeah. 
Yep. So don't really want to take away from Robinson or or Pringle, but they're not Juju. You know, we we know Juju has established himself in the league as being that guy, and so we know he's caught you know a n- numerous amounts of balls from a, a wonderful quarterback mm. uh, in Big Ben, and so this ain't something that's new for him, and so he can get open, he can win on routes, he can catch the football, and so that in itself is just a, a very great um, safety net to have, you know, in this offense, and so even if it's they're not doing the rub routes. <laughs> this is a guy's gonna be able to get open on his own, one on one. And so I seen somebody was, you know, had had made a comment about, oh, it was Tyreek Hill. When Tyreek Hill, he go to Travis Kelsey. Now Travis Kelsey go back to Tyreek Hill. Okay, well now this is who you got. Still got Travis Kelsey. Now you got Juju. Now you got McCole Hardman. Now you got MVS. Now you got Sky Moore. Now you got Josh Gordon. You know what I'm saying? And, and we can discuss, you know, man, you got uh, 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 Cornell Powell. Yeah, now, you know what I'm saying? I mean, let's let's keep going. So that's the thing about it. you have options, some great options, mm-hmm. capable receivers. And that's a great issue, a problem to have, man. It really is. Uh, so it don't necessarily have to be the rub routes. The rub routes are good, but if a guy can get open on his own, that's what you want. And that's what Pat's, you know, that's what he wants to be able to do. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and Juju's always been a really crisp route runner. That was one of the beauties coming out of USC. Oh, yeah. He was he was a crisp, clean route runner. Yeah. Oh yeah. Um, yeah, no, it's seeing that 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 tweet today that where he's he's been kind of going to everybody. Everyone's had like, you know, I think it was one possession where it was like ball to Harmon, ball to MVS, ball to Juju. And it's like, dang, okay. But then obviously the other tweets I saw, he was going to Juju quite often in the team drills, which is uh, which is fine with me, but it just you know kind of goes with what a lot of people were saying that that Juju would be the lead target getter. Which I'm, you know we're gonna have a lot of options this year. That's one thing we're not top heavy the receiver position, but yeah. we're deep. We're deep as hell. Yeah, right. Which just makes for a, a, I think a better core guys 100%. total. You know, so um, and, and the thing is when you when you think about football, that's what you do. You you look for the open receiver. So Juju's the one getting open. Mm-hmm. You know, prepping the football. Right, if he's winning, <laughs> prepping the ball to him. Like yeah. I said, it's not just not like a popularity contest. We're trying to win football games. If yeah. this guy, if he's making it happen, get the ball to him. Yeah, and if the first read is in there, he'll go. He'll find his second read. <laughs> we'll talk. We'll talk about that. We'll talk about that later on. This oh show. yeah, yeah. Um. Uh, so uh, more training camp takes. So last week we talked about the absence of Orlando Brown. He's, he did report to training camp as expected. Um, and we talked about who was going to be replacing him in that role. So we kind of got a little bit of clarity on that. So Coach Andy Reid t- today said they're going to be rotating a lot of guys through that left tackle spot to see who kind of sticks. Um, and obviously we're without Orlando Brown. We're without uh, your guy Prince uh, Tego Wanago, uh, Auburn left tackle, play for the Eagles. He's on PUP as well as Lucas Niang, who's also on PUP. So uh, we're going to be seeing a lot of veteran Roderick Johnson. Um, I think some I, I saw someone on uh, Twitter called Dwayne the Roderick Johnson, uh, who's starting at left tackle today. Um, a little bit about Roderick Johnson for those of you guys who don't know. Um, he's from St. Louis, Missouri, so he is a Missouri boy. Uh, one of the be- he was one of the best linemen coming out of high school, um, and uh, he was rated like like, like a, like a four star recruit. Uh, he ended up going to Florida State, where he started almost immediately at left tackle from the onset. Uh, he was a first team All American, two time first team ACC at left tackle, 
and he won the Jacobs Blocking Trophy. He was a fifth-round pick coming out of Florida State to the Browns in 2017. Then he went on to Houston, uh, where he played a lot of right and left tackle, um, and then uh, went to Miami and was cut after that. And we signed him to our practice squad back in January. So... I guess, what do you make of kind of any retail? There's going to be a rotation there. And then what do you make of Roderick Johnson being the first guy to start at left tackle? Does that mean we see him as the the replacement for Orlando Brown? If we're going to roll with him at, to start day one of training camp at the left tackle spot? Uh, Well, so, you know, I, I said this was going to be the issue, right? I, I said this before. Yeah. Uh, this is something that you had to think about. This is this is really what was presented in front of you coming to training camp that, you know, OBJ didn't really have to he had to sign, you know, he could hold out, you know, and, and he, he possibly could. Right. And so you got to be prepared for every scenario, contingency plan. Uh, and so, uh, you know, I think uh, this. I think he's good. I think he's going to be all right. I think this rotation that he's talking about, Andy, is he's going to try some guys. He's, he's going to try to see exactly uh, what we have in the left tackle position. And so uh, he's going to get some fair shots. He's going to get some fair shots to some guys. And we got guys. There's guys there that have some 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 actual game experience. Um, you know, this guy, man, he he's uh, – you know, I kind of went to him and I, and I started watching – uh, a, a little bit of his tape, watching you know his feet. He's got good feet. I mean, he's he's very athletic. I know they were talking about maybe his technique needs a little work, a little bit of his strength. And I could I could tell that too. I was watching how he was kind of catching guys. I watched when when he was Houston. I think it was against. Uh, oh my gosh, who were they playing? I'm not sure at the time who they were playing, uh, but you could tell that you know sometimes he when guys get into his body. Uh, he needs to go ahead and lock out. And so they need a little bit more of that stoutness of pushing a guy off as opposed to like a big guy like that getting pushed back to the quarterback because that's what you don't want to – you don't want to be able to crowd the quarterback where he didn't have any lanes and he can't move around. And so he's got to be able to create space. He's got to be able to block guys in space. Mm. So if he's getting stronger, and that's that's the thing about it, is that he's been here – he's been in the league. You said we got drafted. When was it? Like 2017. 2017. So 2017. So he's he's been in the league, man. So he's he's got some game experience, but now he's got to get better. If he want an opportunity, he, he he's found one. He's found a position right now that if uh, Orlando Brown Jr. don't come back, this could be his spot. And so uh, I know Andy was talking about there's guys and there's capable guys on the line all across all, all across the board uh, that you can move around, but you don't want to play. <laughs> Musical lineman, you don't, you still want to do that. Uh, that's that's a bad place to be. Uh, but they know. I think they got their core guys. They don't want to be put in these certain positions. Uh, I know Prince is on pup. You know, I was thinking he was going to be the guy, but maybe you know, I don't know. You know, maybe it's one of those things. The nagging injuries still coming up with this guy. Yeah. Uh, and then of course we go to like the Joe, you know, Thuni situation. Yeah. Look, and, I, and I'm gonna say this, okay. And I've said it before, and people could disagree with me all they want to disagree with me with. But I'm I'm reading Andy. I'm gonna, I'm hearing what Andy is saying. He was like, Yeah, Joe can do it. And we need Joe to do it, but we don't want to. Mm-hmm. There's a reason Andy said we don't want to do it right now. I, it's, it ain't the time right now. And when I said last when the guy said last resort, I said, Yeah, repeat that. Last resort. Mm-hmm. Okay. Put Thuni on there. 
you don't want to give up the integrity of 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 a guy or one side of the line, uh, you know, just to fill a space. And and yeah, Thune can do these things, and it's probably easier because he plays left guard. He just moving out and the same things. He's just blocking in, in space, and just doing these things. But he wouldn't have no problem doing it. That probably wouldn't be his first choice, right? Yeah. But he wouldn't have any problem doing it. Uh, but I know Andy and I, I'm like me as a coach, if I'm sitting there thinking, I'm like, yeah, we can do this. In the deficit situation, we can. That can be our contingency plan for how we how we handle this situation. We don't want to get there with it. Hopefully we find a guy that can play this position. But if it comes to, you know, the very at the very end of the last, then we had to make that decision. Fine, but it's going to be the absolute last resort before we we make that decision. We pull that card mm-hmm. seriously, and especially if you're thinking about, you know, for the entire season. Hopefully, that's not what the, the case is going to be, right? So, uh, yeah, he, he, he can he can definitely do it, but do you really want him to? That's the question. And I hear everybody keep you know bringing his name and stuff like that. No, that's listen. Hold on, like y'all y'all need to understand. Like that's real. That's not how it works. This, this, you know what I'm saying? Like you have guys like we, you could have a guy who's a backup quarterback, right? We don't want to use him, right? But we, we desperately use a guy, then we will, okay? But at the la- the very last resort, hey, we're going to make sure, hey, are you sure you're okay? Can you, how many fingers you got up? Can, can you see, you know, and how to, you know, start tapping him back in the net, two, three, you know, put him back in the game. I'm just, how they used to do it. I'm just, yeah. But you know what I'm saying? But you want to make sure that guy's all right. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's just that's just how it works. It's how it works. And so uh I know everybody said Thony, oh yeah, you Thony is look, man, that, we don't want to go down that road. We just yeah. don't. We don't go, we we don't. I'm gonna tell you right, we don't want to go down that road. Yeah. Pure and simple. And he made it, he made it known. Look, and we don't want to do it right now. You don't need to. We don't want to do that. Let's find some guys we got here, right? That's why we brought them in. We brought them in for that situation like that. So that's that's what I want to say about that, man. Because I'm just hearing so many comments. I'm hearing so many people about you know playing Thuny and stuff like that, man. I'm just like, man, this you know, I mean, this is the league. It's it's ain't it's ain't college. You know, college. Yeah, he was able to go right tackle and do it and guard and stuff. You know, he played a little bit. You know, of course, up in uh, uh, in New England, but 17 games into this, man. Yeah. Hey, man. We we don't know how long this Orlando Brown situation is going to be, and. Like you say, you don't want to play musical chairs, especially with a guy who is a left guard. You don't really want to move him completely to a different position until, and then have to fluctuate everything else in the line. I mean, I get it. Spot start when when it, when when that when the Bengals game happened, when all those injuries happened with Niang and Orlando Brown. Yeah, it makes perfect sense. But right. to make him adjust to a totally new uh, position, I don't know. Right. You know. We, we, but you knew it was limited. You knew it was going to be one game. Like, oh shoot, you know he should be back. Yeah. You know, we're already making, you know, the, the, the you know, the timing of it. He's, he's coming back. We're getting ready. Hey, can you do it for this game? Absolutely. We, you know, see what he's going to do. And, and even then they look at it like, well, that's what we brought Thuny in. That's why I paid him the big bucks because he is that type of guy. He's, he is that good. Yeah. For so, emergency situations. For the emergency situations. Yeah. Right. I'm not taking it away from him. I mean, shoot. Thuny is a great lineman. Yeah. And, and exceptional. Exceptional. That's why he's saying that's, that's getting paid the big, big bucks. Yeah, right. But that's you just don't you don't want to make that a long term, you know, uh, answer a solution. You just don't. You don't want to make it for the entire season. But if you had to, then so be it. Then, whew, man. Yeah, I mean, 
the options we have right now, let's say forget Joe Joe Thune, but um, you have Robert Johnson, Jerron Christian, who we talked about last week, also another former Texan, also played. He was the with the Washington football team uh, the year um, Trent Williams left. A lot of Redskins fans and Washington football fans. Uh, big thing about him: very yes, slow feet. And he was, he's kind of not the fastest guy at his, at his left tackle position. Uh, footwork was kind of his big thing. I kind of did some, a little search on him with a, what an analyst guys were saying about him. And that was his footwork and having slow feet was, it was his big thing. Um, Andrew Wiley also, yeah, I think he was playing right tackle for us today. So that's also talking about the musical chairs aspect. And that's the thing too. A lot of people think Darian Kennard could actually make a play for that right tackle spot. If he ends up overtaking that right tackle spot, maybe Wiley can rotate the left tackle spot. I don't know. So it's going to be very interesting to see what happens. Yeah, look, I, I don't know any lineman in the NFL. If you work for your salt, don't feel like you can't do a job they ask you to do. I, I just don't. I mean, seriously. I mean, they, they, these are the way the guys are built, really. The question is, when you go against these guys, can you actually do it? And can you do it consistently? That's the question. And so I like, you know, Geron and, and, you know, um, my man, was when you were talking about? Wiley. Wiley. Wiley, I mean, Wiley, you know, we've we seen what he, he was able to do last year. I like Wiley. I think he did uh, tremendous oh, against – yeah. So, the, the you got we got capable guys there at camp. And so, what you try to do now is get them as much work as possible, okay, as much close to game speed as you could possibly get to get these guys ready. Work on their strength. Work on their legs. Work on their kick. Work on their, their sets. You know, work on, you know, the communication, work on, you know, the spacing with, you know, where the guard is. And, and that's the thing about it. When you have Thuni out here, you know, he can help out with that. He can help out with, you know, being guard. We can help, you know, Creed and he can help out the tackle. Mm-hmm. And so when you put him out there, now he can only help one. I'm not saying Creed was capable, but, you know, he's a rookie. And so even rookie, <laughs> Thuni is like, okay, this is what we need to do. He's helping him out tremendously. I mean, that's when you have a guy like that beside you as a rookie. That's what you want. I mean, imagine having Brian Waters and Will Shields beside you. You're like, oh, hey, man, I'm going to be fine, right? So if I mess up, these guys, they got my back. They got me all around. So uh, that's kind of where it is. There's capable guys, man, that give us some time, Mm -hmm. see where this thing's going to go. You got to get these guys some work and just keep giving them work. Keep giving them work. Keep giving them work. Keep giving them work. And then after a while, man, you start watching the film, listening to the coach. You're going through everything that you've been doing as far as, uh, uh, you know, in team, uh, in drills. And if you're not seeing any type of uh, improvement, it's like, dang, well, shoot, man. Coach, what are we going to do? This is where we are. This, this is where this guy's at. You know, you, you're only going to get what, what, what you're going to get out of this guy. Yeah. Okay? So pick your poison. What you want to do? So that's why Andy says, not yet. Yeah. Let's figure out, let's figure out what these guys are. Yeah, I mean, it's a temporary situation, hopefully. Uh, but, you know, these guys, whoever takes his left tackle job, and they do a tremendous job, they could be making themselves some good money next year. I mean, to be yeah. honest with you, Robert Johnson, Jerron Christian, um, even Andrew Wiley, they, they, if they if they take that left tackle position and they look good in it, they're going to earn themselves some money. So, yeah, mm-hmm. I, I hope the best for any of these guys who takes that left tackle position, I mean, barring uh, Orlando Brown continues this into the season. But... Yeah. I guess we'll we'll see as other day the days go. I'm just laughing because I'm just inside joking like, okay, he's he gonna make some good money, but Beach is going. He's gonna be on. He's gonna be hard on him. <laughs> maybe hey. maybe, not, maybe not in Kansas City. Maybe else. maybe not in Kansas City. Hey, Beach is not going. <laughs> That's one thing. Hey, I will say this. 
V got some consistency here. And that's Veach. Veach is consistent in what he does and how he negotiates. And you can't hate the guy for it. I love it. That's yeah. like, I'm going to be firm in where I'm at. You know, you know, hey, uh, take a couple of new cleats and we'll clean your car. That's what you're going to negotiate. What do you think? Well, it's funny. You're, you're right. Because, you know, if you were Tyreek Hill and you were, you were taking it personally, I know it's different situations, but if you were Tyreek Hill, you were taking it personally. Like, man, if he just got someone against me, man, he didn't give me top dollar. Then you look at this Orlando Brass tradition. All right. And then you look at the uh, the Mel, uh, Melvin Ingram situation where we offered four and a half million. He took five million to go to Miami. It's like, okay, at least it, I see something. I see a trend here, you know? Right, right. Yeah. Like, I, and then it's not personal. It ain't me. That's, that's Beach. Beach is doing that. <laughs> very Beachy. Beachy's coming in very Beachy, man. He, you know, he's frugal. <laughs> hey, hey, he'll he'll help people earn some money though. You know, you, you give a guy yeah. or the Orlando Brown situation is happening, but yep, Roger Johnson steps up. He does all right. Yep, hey, Beach has earned you a, a big paycheck with your next where your next uh, destination. So that's right, right. Yeah, be thankful for that. Right, <laughs> yeah. I appreciate it. Appreciate the opportunity. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> um, he, he did it for Emmanuel Ogba. He picked him up when he everyone wanted to throw him away as, uh, as a bust. We we brought him in. He had what he had a lot of sacks that that year. And then he ends up getting a big contract elsewhere. So, you know, it, it works out for some of these guys. A lot of these guys were hungry. Um, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, so our next uh, topic is an interesting one. This is we, we want to talk about busts and stuff. I This, this is funny. This, this shows the like the the kind of the um, the back and forth that we had with, with Chiefs Kingdom, especially on Twitter. It's it's interesting. It's an interesting place sometimes. But uh, earlier this week, I uh, reported that Clyde Edwards-Hilaire was going to start the season on the PUP. And of course, as I just mentioned, the internet went nuts. The Chiefs Kingdom on Twitter went absolutely berserk, calling him a bust. All types of things, all types of slander. It's just like you, you, you know how you know how it gets sometimes. But uh, then today, this morning, after everyone thought, oh, he's going to be on the PUP, and the report, um, Nate Taylor said it was only going to be a couple of days, which everyone was like, well, he's going to be on PUP for a couple of days. What, what is this? But then the following morning, today or Wednesday morning. Um, Clyde Edwards Lair was uh, geared up and ready to go. There was no PUP. He was already already off this PUP list that he was supposedly on. Um, he was ready to go and practice today. He practiced and, and it looked it looked pretty good on some of the clips and some of the people who were there. He looked pretty good. Um, so uh, the question here I have here is this a make or break year for Clyde Edwards Lair? And what do you realistically expect out of him after an offseason where he's been putting in a lot of work? You see all the videos that he's put up as training videos, and you see all the work he's done with Patrick down in Texas. What, what do you expect out of him? And do you think this is a make or break season for, for Clyde? Uh, make or break. Uh, I think so. I mean, you, this is where you had to establish yourself. I mean, you already know you got Ronald Jones, you got Rojo behind you, you know, to Kip McKinnon. They keep talking about uh, Isaiah coming up. Uh, Bachenko is another guy that they, they have a lot of faith in, you know, and so, uh, and, and then Gore, he got some little playing time uh, as well. So this is this is one of those things, man. Like, hey, you you got to put up or shut up. This this is it. This, and and we we got to understand. This is a it's a it's a performance business. That's what it is. It's a performance business. And so when when you have expectations on you, and you're not performing like they expect you to or what they want you to do, then uh, it. it it, it can change. It can change real quick where a guy can be. And so it was like, Hey, yeah, I love a guy, but man, look, we would might have to just move on from it. And so sometimes, especially running backs where uh, I'm, I'm going to say maybe that position as far as running backs is not as 
I want to say as valuable as it was when I was playing, yeah. but because you, you, you throw the ball a lot more now that you're looking for a guy that can do both, like, you know, catch the ball in the backfield, run the football, get it up, you know, in, in between the tackles. Uh, a guy like that really, I, I think he, he it's more advantageous for him in the league like it is now. CEH can show that. He can show that about him. So we've seen the hard work, and I don't know if they've ever divulged like what the reason was why they was going to put him on PUP. It might have just been like he was working so hard during the offseason. They might have had like a little nick, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. <clears throat> they just didn't want to start like, hey, man, look, you know what? We understand you've been working hard. We know what you've been, what you've been doing. Like, we just want to make sure that you're fine. If we're going to put you on PUP for a little bit, then it's no big deal, right? And sometimes all that noise, it's just noise out here, man. I, I just – you can't buy into it. You know, everybody's got an opinion about it. Everybody's not going to be happy. Oh, it's a bust, this and that, blah, blah, blah. Man, they say it. I mean, people going to say that. Mm. You know, internet, man, you're going to hear everything. And Twitter, you're going to hear it all. So uh, the main thing with CEH is, man, he just needs to just go ahead and go out there and go to work. Okay? Put all the naysayers to bed. Go out there and do what he needs to do. He knows he's been putting in work, doing all season, working with Pat all those different things, as long as he's healthy to perform, that's all he needs to worry about. And then just go out there and just ball, just ball, you know? So you're going to have that. You're going to have the negativity. You're going to have all of that, man. Should we hear it on our show, right? We hear it, you know, with the YouTube channel and all Man, Look, everybody ain't going like, to like what we say. And that's all right. That's fine. I, I get it. Everybody has their own opinion about certain things. I'm, I'm all right with that. I am. But also, too, um, you know, we got to understand that we can't be dismissive of certain things and how a guy really is and how he feels about what he needs to do and his opportunity is showing it, mm. you know, Oh, he's a bus. What, what says that? You know, he got hurt last year. So like we were saying before at the, the very first of the show, well, Baron and nobody gets hurt. You should have a great team. Well, okay. Yeah. No duh. Right. And mm. so, you know, it's unfortunate he got hurt. Nobody wants to get hurt. Yeah. But now if he, if he's healthy uh, and he's able to go ahead and talk that rock, I'm, I'm looking for him to do it, man. I hope he does it. I hope he does it. And and maybe that'll help keep him here for years to come in Kansas City. Maybe they feel like, okay, now we got a guy that is dedicated, who can do what we needed him to do. Uh, and if he shows it this year, they're rewarding. But mm-hmm. and I, I, I hate using that bus tag on guys, man. It just is crazy. I, to me, I just, I, you know, you just, you don't just throw things out there like that. Just cause you don't, you're not happy how, you know, if the guy was hurt, mm. oh now he's a bus. Shoot, well, okay. Well, yeah. I I just I disagree with with that whole premises. So, yeah, I mean, I think also too when this state bus, they're also looking at who was drafted after him, and it's like, well, and, and this what you kind of said. You you talk about you talk about running back in the modern age. It's like running backs in the first round don't really. Is, it, is that is that really is that a, is that a position you take in the first round anymore? If you if you look at the last few, you got Josh Jacobs, who they didn't even extend his contract, so this is the last year with the, with the Raiders. They, they they didn't they didn't give him that that last option. And then you look at the Clyde Edwards Hilaire, it's like okay, well then you look after that Jonathan Taylor second round pick, DeAndre Swift second round pick, it's just guys who aren't taking in day one. Those are I guess I guess a lot of people don't think the running back should be day one guys anymore. So maybe that's what it is, but. Yeah, I, I would say bus because I think I think we still we 
I think I, I agree with you. I think it's make or break. I think this is the year to kind of put up really. Um, yeah. Because otherwise it's like, okay, yeah. Maybe you, maybe you weren't the, 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 you know, the bell cow that we thought we were going to get. Right. Maybe you aren't that. Maybe you have a role in the league as a third down back or, you know, a spell, a spell type running back, but maybe you aren't the guy. And that's and that's well, fine. You have a role. Every running back has a, has a niche and a role. You know. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Right. Well, look. I, and, and I'm gonna say this. I'm gonna kind of be devil's advocate right here. Who's to say if we didn't give him more opportunities? Right. Yeah. Running the football, and, and we maybe we should run the have a little bit more ground game. Yeah. Maybe we should. Right. Maybe we give him a little bit more. See what he can do. And you know. And you know. Yeah. He's a smaller guy. He. he you know. And you, you can say all those things and different arguments. It's the same thing like, say, you know, uh, Saquon Barkley, right? Is he a bust? I'll tell you what, I'll take that sucker in a second. You know what I mean? So that's where I would be with it. But everybody has their different opinions about things. I, I, I'm one of those that I like running the football. And I think you, if you have a running back, you got to give a guy opportunity, right? Yeah. I thought like the same thing, Jeremy McKinnon should have got more opportunities, you know, in, in the playoffs. You know, what was we waiting for for the entire year? And so when you got these guys, use them. Utilize these guys. Utilize them, right? And But I, I get it's a passing league now. That's where things are going to. But don't forget these guys back here, man. If you got, it, if you got somebody talented to do it, shoot, make sure he – give him a chance to make it and break it, okay? Give him a, ample opportunity to make it and break it. That's how I look at it. Yeah, and I think, too, one of the big things he was good at coming out of college, and I think we're going to – I think with the way the offense is looking, the amount of kind of we're spreading it out a little more. I think one of the things he was good at, which we haven't really utilized a lot, was his ability to catch out of the backfield. And I think with him working that with Alvin Mahomes in Texas, I think we kind of have something going in this year. I think we're going to utilize him more in the passing game. Hopefully, right, right. right. With the addition of Rojo and what other running backs we have, you can yeah. kind of you know you can kind of spell him and make him more of the receiving back, and then have the other guys kind of be the more the in between the tackle guys. Um, but we talked about this on the show. You talk about volume with him, and I think that's one thing that a lot of these running backs, people are quick to say, are busts. I think it's you're not giving him enough touches. And the two, he's only he's only had two games in his career where he's had 25 or more carries. And I know we have Patrick Mahomes. We passed the passing league now, but two games with 25 carries or more. Uh, his first game ever against the Houston on that Thursday night game, 25 for 138 and a touchdown. Um, and then against Buffalo that year, which we won that th- that Thursday that Tuesday night game, which got pushed back because of COVID. Oh yeah, yeah. Twenty six carries, one hundred and sixty one yards. So both games where he had twenty five or more carries, he had a- over one hundred thirty five yards rushing on those games, averaging five and a half and six point two yards per carry in both games. Only games in his career where he had uh, over twenty five uh, uh, carries. Um, and last year, I don't think he cracked twenty in any of the games. No, he didn't crack twenty in any of the games last year. So, right. Uh, so. So, this, so to me, I mean, you know, you can look at it two ways because it's like, okay, he's a smaller back. You want to keep giving him 25, you know, carries a game. Maybe not, but it, maybe it should still be around 20. It, it, you know what I'm saying? At least 20. It should be over that in some of the games, probably half of them, it, it, it gave him a chance and opportunity. Yeah. So, uh, you know, I, I just – and if we do do that extension of getting the ball out to him in space, mm-hmm. there it is, right? Because it don't always have to be a handoff. It, it just, <laughs> you know, quick screen or whatever, you know, just, you know, swing route over the football, whatever. I mean, we could do all those check downs all day with this guy. Yeah. That, that was what Burrow, uh, they moved the chains a lot by throwing little check downs to him in LSU. Yeah. Yeah. It's interesting that we, we talk about McKinnon kind of being the bell cow in the, the playoffs. We kind of used him a lot. Yeah. 
Hilaire's stats were bad. He didn't play in the Steelers game, but Buffalo game, seven carries for 60 yards. And then the Cincinnati game, six carries, 36 yards. So he averaged 7.4 yards per carry in the playoffs on 13 touches. Yeah. Hey, I, mean, man. I mean, that's not, not that's not enough carries, but we're talking about 8.6 yards a carry. We're talking about six yards a carry. That's pretty solid. <laughs> right. So that, that, that so that brings the different on the, um, of, of saying this, the argument of if you're not utilizing the guy, does that necessarily mean he's a bust? You're not utilizing because he can't carry the football. Mm-hmm. He's not utilizing because you're doing other things with it. Yeah. So, oh, you know, he's a bust. They're not giving him. No, it's not. That's uh, our offense is predicated on 15th on the football and get it out of his hand. Yeah. Now, if you want to utilize a little bit more of the running back, CH, let him have it. Give yeah. it to him. Yeah. Give it to him. You know, I don't, I don't think anybody would disagree that we need to start running the football even more. Yeah. Seriously, I just, you know. So. And, and, and a quick passing game, uh, I mean, a, anyone who, you know, who knows the air raid offense and that kind of like spread style offense, yeah. quick passing game to the running back is the the running game, really. Running yeah. game. It's all right. That's it. It's, it's no different. <laughs> That's it. And all in that ram in that area, the short short passing game, all in that ram is an extension of the handoff. That's, yeah. that's what it is. Yeah. So. The arrow, the the um, the, the it's just a, any flat route really to the running back. I mean, that's just flat swing. Yeah, yeah, definitely. And that, that's something that I was excited to get him coming out of LSU because it was like that 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 year that they ran that spread offense and they they checked out him so much. I'm like, you know, he would be a good solid guy to have in our offense. That kind of running back. If we are going to run the ball at often, let's utilize a guy who can catch ball in the backfield. And we really haven't done a good job of that. And I'm hoping that this year is a change. And I hope that that whole Texas workout thing with all these guys is going to open up something because that that was one of the things he was he was pat he was catching at a, at the backfield from pat, Patrick in in Texas and stuff. And I think they also I think I saw some highlights of him and highlights pictures of him actually lined up in the slot catching some balls too. So I'm mean, hoping some wrinkles this year with that with, with using him um, and using trying to use the best of him. You know. Yeah. No. I, look, I seen some of his workouts. Man, look good. He looked good moving. He his looked workouts good. did look pretty good. His start and stop looked really yes. nice. Yes. Yes. So yeah, use that guy. Yeah. Use it. I, yeah, I hope so. I hope uh, he can erase this bus tag for some of these uh, Chief fans who were uh, mm-hmm. quick to label it. But we'll we'll, we'll see. O- only time will tell a lot of those people. Um, and, 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 it's, and it's some may justify it. Well, he could be doing this better. Um, but it's all <laughs> we'll right. We'll it's all right. Him. Yeah, everybody. Look, everybody got an opinion, man. It's all right. Hey, I'll, I'll let you have yours. That's good. Chiefs hey. fans and everybody who, who's saying bus and all that, you got have your opinion. Good. Fine. Hey, <laughs> Ceh, prove them all wrong. Yeah. Um, and then also having having a, a packed running back room also help kind of you know you you want to play better too having like having all those guys at, at, at your butt. You, know? hey, you better <laughs> you better they bring it down your neck, buddy. Believe me. Um okay, so uh with our, our next topic, uh we talked about edge rushers. Um I know a guy that he's you know we, we call it Dunstradamus on the show before. Um, and uh, JD had his predicted that by training camp, we would be seeing some edge rushers coming in. We talked about Carlos Dunlap. We talked about JPP. JPP is not the name I'm going to bring up tonight, but I'm bringing up Carlos Dunlap as one of them. And tweet as of two hours ago on Wednesday night, uh, Josina Anderson had tweeted, just spoke to free agent Carlos Dunlap on a layover in Atlanta on his way to visiting the Chiefs. Dunlap says... He, he may visit with Casey late tonight uh, or start his visit tomorrow. 
Um, Carlos Dunlap also told me he's looking for the team with the right fit. He's already met with the Panthers. He said Seahawks told him they'd like to leave the door open. Dunlap noted conversations heated with Kansas City Tuesday, leading to his rapidly scheduled visit to now. Um, so that's also that's one guy. The other mm-hmm. guy uh, that we are bringing in today, I don't know how that meeting went. I haven't heard anything, but it was supposedly on Wednesday night he was supposed to be meeting with. It was uh, uh, USFL's defensive end um, and Houston Gamblers defensive end Chris Odom. Uh, he was the U, uh, USFL sack leader this past season with 12 and a half sacks. Um, if you watch his tape, I mean, you can just see getting to the quarterback. I mean, that's him. That's his job. You know, that's what he does. Um, he looked good. He's visited with a bunch of teams, hasn't signed yet, but he was supposed to visit with the Chiefs today. Um, so I don't know how that goes. But talk about Carlos Dunlap. Talked about him on the show before. Carlos Dunlap. I think he's 33, I believe, 32 or 33. Yeah, eight and a half sacks last year, which would have been second on our team behind Chris Jones with nine. Um, Carl Dunlap, I think, had, if you look at the last two years of Frank Clark, I think uh, last year's Carl Dunlap sack total would have been only been like one sack less than Frank Clark's last two years. But anyway, we talked about bringing in edge rushers. Now we are doing that. What you said is coming to fruition for us. Probably by tomorrow, maybe on Thursday, we'll have a new edge rusher in here. Uh, so what do you make of the Chris Odom uh, possibly bringing in? And what do you also make of uh, Carlos Dunlap? And would you be surprised if we brought in both guys? No, not at all. Hold on. Let me hear how, how you do it. Is it the, the, down, the Dundown, Mr. What do we call it? Dunstradamus. Dunstradamus. There it is right here. Yeah. Uh-huh. The prediction. Hey, I'm telling you, man. I, look, I, I, I already knew this. Start a training camp. You see what guys are going to do, who you have, who you got. Uh, but you know you had you needed a, a guy in here, a dynamic guy. You need another guy in here who has some some ability that can go and get the football, who has played in the league for some time, that still has some uh, you know some sacks still in him. And so Carlos Dunlap gives you that. And I think you know, like I said, at the beginning of the camp, like I said, nobody wants to come in. He's like, all right, let me know when camp's supposed to be. Let me know when I'm supposed to be here. All right, I'll come in and, and, and slough in, you know, somewhere first or second day, do a little workout. And so here we are. Here, here we are. And so I think it'd be great to get Carlos Dunlap here. I think it'd give a lot what the Chiefs need uh, as far as like a veteran presence. Uh, it's going to give, a, you know, a little bit of work. And also, too, he might light a fire on some of these other guys out here. Maybe shoot Frank. Clark, maybe, you know, I don't know. So we'll see. It just, ooh, you said 10 sacks in two years, 10 and a half. Let me, let me be the exact number. I believe, I, believe sure? I believe it was 10 in the last two years. Jeez. Uh, Frank Clark, 10 and a half over the last two years. And uh, Dunlap had eight and a half just last year alone. Okay. Yeah. So you get a guy like that in here, man. I mean, you know, you could see the production already going up in an individual. So, you know, why not get him in here? And then the other guy, you said Chris Odom. And I don't really know too much about this guy. I haven't seen any film on him. I haven't really watched any of the USFL games. You know, I just, I haven't. Uh, so, but if he, if he's, that's what he does, you know, 12 and a half sack and he go, that's what his job is to go get the football, go get the quarterback. We need a pass rusher here. We need a pass rusher here that's going to help out the young guy that we just drafted in Karlofkis, he's going to help him out tremendously. And so you can't have enough. You can't never have enough of those guys. Just can't. Just can't never have enough of those guys. So that 
Can you sign both of them? Absolutely. Absolutely. And so defensively, when you go into these defensive rooms, the same thing, evaluation. You could get, give guys opportunities. It's like, look, we ain't got pads on. What are guys doing without pads on? If guys didn't get back into the quarterback without pads on, oh, when you put the pads on, you might as well forget it. Like, it's, 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 this guy ain't going to make it, okay? Like, Coach, we done done everything. I don't know what you need to do. This guy right here, he ain't going to cut it. Mm. So, you bring two guys like that in, man, it's going to help out the defense. You need some pass rushers in here. We've been looking for pass rushers. Hopefully, these two guys are here with the Chiefs after it's all said and done to help out that defense. And I think that's what we need. We need just a little bit more of a stellar pass rush to kind of make this defense whole. Mm-hmm. I think that's what I'm looking for. So, I don't know, man. Yeah, I mean, I saw a funny tweet uh, from Carrington Harrison, uh, one of the Chiefs uh, uh, reporters, um, and he uh, had a funny one. It was like, um, well, and I don't want to get the exact. I don't want to mess. I don't want to mess up what his tweet was, but it's kind of what I was thinking too. It's and it was like, you know, um, did uh, it was like the, whatever whatever the coaching staff saw uh, they immediately they brought him to bring it home. He, he said. The Chiefs saw one practice from the D line and called for help immediately. Is what he is what he said. <laughs> Tommy, you need him. Come on, bring him in. Well, it's kind of it's kind of we, we talked about like months ago or during minicamp when we were like, because Clark wasn't there, and we were like, okay, well, we haven't heard anything about Kane Doe or anybody there and today because Clark was not playing because he had an illness um, today. I mean, he was there, but he didn't play because he didn't practice because of some illness or that, he is going, that he's going through um, because he was there after practice going through some moves with Carl Loftus, which was cool to see. Um, yeah. But uh, Mike Dana was the one who stood in his place at the DN spot. But like we said, we didn't hear anything about Dana. We didn't hear anything about Kane Doe uh, during the mini camp. There was no one was like really saying anything about another edge rusher. So it was like, okay, that's kind of problematic here. And then now yeah. we get to today. It's like, okay, Clark is out again this time. You know, he's got the illness last time he his his um his wife was in labor. Um, and so it's like, okay, well, obviously we're gonna need some 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 guys, some bodies in there because uh, we can't deal with uh, you know having Clark out possibly during the season with an illness or whatever, whatever kind of injury happens, you know. Um, but like. I think it's it's pretty clear that we needed this edge rusher, and we didn't need to see that, uh, that there was nothing going on during training camp today to know that we needed to bring another body in. Hey, man, you need look. <laughs> you need some fresh blood in here. I'm sorry, <laughs> you're gonna need some fresh blood in here who is not friends with every, <laughs> friends with everybody. Yeah. I'm just gonna be honest with you. Now, sometimes it can happen. Sometimes those young guys could be in awe, of, like Frank Clark and all these other guys. That maybe they're not competing like they should. You need some some fresh blood, fresh meat in here who don't give a crap about none of that. Right. Right? Seriously. Like the dude, Chris Oldman, come in, like, look, I'm just trying to make the team. I'm just trying to, I'm trying to get mine. So if it has to be it, so be it. Let me come and compete. I'm trying to take his job. Y'all pay this guy, you know, a boatload of money. And, you know, this is what y'all got. I'm here to compete. So hopefully Frank's seeing that and he likes to, you know, something fire up underneath him. Mm-hmm. So I don't know, man. I don't know, but man, we need we need some fresh blood in here. We do. I'm, I'm just telling you, we need that competition. Mm-hmm. You need it, man. Yeah, competition absolutely will kill complacency. It will kill it. So we 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 can't be complacent where you're at. And some of the young guys, like I said, the mate, I don't know. So 
uh, I don't want to say too much, you know, the, the conversation about different things here and there. Yeah. I will say this. I will say this, which I find fascinating, but I see sometimes some people's points, some of this, the people out here talking is part of the reason they don't want to play pay or, or, or Orlando Brown Jr. is because of Frank Clark's deal. Yeah. That, I, let's just be honest. Let, I'm, let's, I'm, I'm going there with it because that's the truth. Mm-hmm. Okay. Because you hear so much of it. Like, oh, we paid Frank this amount of money, $20 million, and you see what he got out of him. Why should we pay this guy a whole lot of money and he might get hurt or something like that happens? Yeah. Orlando Brown Jr. is get, he's getting screwed because of Frank Clark. That's part of it. <laughs> hey, I'm just going to be honest. Yeah. We're going we're gonna to have a conversation. We're going to talk. We're going to be really on Chiefs concern. Okay. Yeah. I'm just going to say it. So that that's part of the issue while people are saying it. And they they have some validity in it. There's some validity, right? Because yeah. you don't know what you're going to get a guy. Because sometimes we hear this all the time. I know it's while I was playing. Sometimes a guy makes some guys make big bucks. Then they kind of sit on their laurels, right? They just oh, they sit back after they made the money. They didn't got fat with the money. You don't know how a guy's going to act. Yeah. So this thing happens. It happens in the NFL. I don't know if that would happen with OB Orlando Brown Jr. I don't know, but I just I know this is a thing. I just I just had to say it because it's just been on my mind. I'm like, I hear people talking about it all the time. It's the yeah. Frank Clark deal that has burnt everybody else out here trying to get a long term deal and trying to get some money. Yeah, you know what I'm saying because there's no production. If you're not getting the production of the money you're getting paid, then you're getting screwed. That's how they feel. So. And that's probably why Veach is not. Uh, I mean, and I'll say that the deal he gave Orlando Brown was pretty fair. I mean, we, we talked about was that deal not Orlando Brown's taste, but like based on the way he's played, that's a pretty fair deal for Orlando Brown as right now. Not right. not giving him a deal based on potential, but right now the deal they gave him was pretty fair for what Orlando Brown is right now. But I think Veach is kind of. He knows that everyone is thinking of the whole Frank Clark thing, so he doesn't. He's not quick on the trigger as he did as he was the Frank Clark thing, because he knows how that's going to live with his uh, resume for the rest of his life. Is that the deal he gave Frank Clark? Right, right, and, and yeah, I'm, I'm sure he he is in the back of his mind. This is coming up to him. I know he's thinking about this, right? I mean, it has to be on his mind, and so he's probably being reminded of it in the paper every single day. Somebody is saying something about that deal. Yeah, but look, we could say and. Look, we know the deal that that the Chiefs gave Atlanta Brown Jr., it wasn't top left tackle deal. He wasn't going to be the highest paid left tackle. Now, everybody keeps saying it, but it wasn't. That's not how that, – that's what – on paper, it made it seem like that, but it wasn't going to be that, right? You know what I'm saying? Uh, it was like the same thing like that. I guess they ended up giving uh, Kelsey, you know, a little signing bonus today, like $3 million on, on the guys that did a great job. Who's that? What's that show I told you about? I was talking about those guys. Um, I was on a space today. I was like, oh, yeah, uh, uh, coast to coast, uh, Aaron Ladd and Mark uh, Gunnels. Yeah. So, they, they, you know, they said that. I heard that. I was like, oh, okay, this is a good deal. Yeah. But, hey, man, <laughs> VG's like, look, I'm not giving out no more free lunches out here. <laughs> I can't do it. I cannot do it. It's not going to be my legacy. You know, for Miss Pone on, I'm, hey, if you want something for me, you want some credit, you want some money, you want to go somewhere else with it. Yeah. I give you something what I think is fair, okay? But you're not going to break the bank on me. Yeah. Somebody did it to me and they screwed me. I'll be daggone if I'm going to sit here and get screwed by a few other guys. Yeah. So, I mean, hey, he struck gold on a lot of the, on a lot of the bargain type guys he's brought in as far as edge rushers. He did it with Melvin Ingram last year. He did it with Emmanuel Agba two years ago. 
And I think he thinks he can do this with maybe getting a guy like Carlos Dunlap to come in for this year and maybe even bring Chris Odom as well. So we can get two guys. Um, oh, shoot. I'm sorry. You're good. You're good. Yeah, no, absolutely. I mean, shoot, if you can get two guys, I'm all for it. Yeah. <laughs> get a get a, a bargain, basement bargain deal. If you can do it, do it. But these guys will be able to bring something, add something to the table on defense. And I think it, we definitely need that. We need that for the defense. We need that for the guys in the secondary, you know, to play optimal football. I mean, that's reality. We have to. And so, like I said, I don't care who you are. You can't cover guys all day. If you can't get back there to uh, to the quarterback. You can't oh, just yeah. leave it on Chris Jones all day, you know, to try to do it. Hey, Chris, come on, make a play. Mm-hmm. Oh, we need these other guys out here, you know. Oh, you know, the rookie, Karlofkis, he's going to do a good job. I think he's going to do really well. I think he's going to have a, a lot of sacks, but he needs somebody else to help him. Yep. So when you have somebody else on the other side, shoot, then he can perform like he needs to. He can perform and 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 be that guy that you drafted. You know, if you don't. Yeah. And, and, I, bring, long I, for him too. and I think bringing a Dunlap it fulfills that whole veteran presence, another vet to have in there, like the, the, the Ingram role. But also on top of that, you bring in Chris Odom, that fill, fills another hungry type guy. Because, you know, we talked about the, the small school hunger guy. We're yeah. talking about a USFL guy. Right. That's very, that's very hungry. That, that, that guy wants to make his money in the league. And that guy will play his ass off. Um, also, also small school guy. He went to Arkansas State. So um, that, that's a small school. And the guy coming from a USFL, that's a hungry guy who you'd want to have as an edge rusher. And that's a perfect position to have a hungry guy at. That's right, man. Absolutely. Shoot. Come on. Like I said, sometimes when 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 I said that before about the, uh, you know, your stomach don't hit your back, your stomach don't hit your back, meaning you're not hungry no more. Mm. That's what is lost in some of these guys out here. Okay, so this guy who's coming in, who's got that hunger, his stomach hits his back. He's just got a little taste Mm. of some filet mignon, some gray steak, a nice cut. (laughs) He wants more of it, baby. Yeah. You no, know, he wants some some lobsters. Some give him give him the whole deal. The smorgasbord of just you know top stuff to eat. Just give it to him. Let him eat. Let yeah. him eat. Bring him in. So I hope he signs here. Let me put it that way. Hope he signs. So. I hope so too. <laughs> yeah. It's a guy like that, you know, like the 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 guys who come from the XFL, the USFLs, the the AAF, I believe the other league was, or CFL even. Those guys, I mean, a veteran minimum. That's that they. They would love the veteran minimum. That, 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 would, that, that, would, that would make their career right there. Give them the veteran minimum. That, that gives them that taste of that of that of something. And they're going to play their ass off for that veteran minimum. So having a guy like that, whether he makes the 53-man or not, that's going to push all the other edge rushers in that room to work double, you know, work, work even harder, right? I mean, that's how that works, right? Well, well of course. But 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 also, too, what, you, what you've done is you've given this guy an opportunity he's been waiting for, right. right, to perform. And so he's like, man, this is my shot. This is my shot. Where, like you said, I was getting paid in the USFL. I get league, you know, vet minimum. Mm-hmm. And now I have a chance to, I don't know, get 10 sacks a year. Yeah. Then I could get paid maybe six or seven million dollars a year. Sign me up. Yeah. Sign me up. Matter of fact, it's like, man, just put me on the team. I don't even care. Don't give me no pads. I don't need no pads. I'll bring my own pads. Dude, <laughs> I'm manufacturing myself if I need to. Yeah. And I'll go out there and I can show you what I can do. So that's hunger, man. You need you need that competition. And, and it should drive guys in a room yeah. because the reality is when guys start coming in, okay, that look like you and they have the same build, mm-hmm. they're there to replace you. Yep. These young guys, 
may not understand that, but they will. Mm. <laughs> they are going to find out real quick. Okay. Yeah. Just because you was drafted and somebody has you said you have potential. What have you done for me lately? Mm. What have you done? And if you haven't been doing anything, you haven't been showing me nothing. Guess what? You're going to get a one way bus pass or airplane ticket out of the place. Yeah. So I'm going to see you later. Thank you. Oh, well, no, I could get, no, you had the opportunity. Thank you. Yeah. Trying to tell you, man, it happens all the time in the NFL. And so if you got a guy like that coming in, watch your back. Yeah. Shoot. Uh, I love that. I, I think I love the um, the guys who are coming over from, from other leagues and coming to the NFL and like making some making some of themselves. Because in the springtime, this guy played. He played that league so he could get noticed, so he could try to make to the the, the big leagues in in the fall. And you know, if that happens for this guy to come with us, I I, I love it. I love that story. Yeah, shoot, why not? He don't need a rest. Yeah, he rest tomorrow. He rest next year. He rest five years from now. Yeah, <laughs> he got work to do. I'm here to work, earn some money. Yeah, I mean, this is all business for him. So shoot. Yeah, it's a it, business. It, it's business and personal. You know, it's a we're talking about life changing money. You're talking about you have a good year this year. You make five million next year. You make three million next year. Life changing, generational changing money right there. Absolutely, one hundred percent, one hundred percent. And so when when you see guys that was there and they're not performing to what they you know what their ability is, or what they thought it was, their potential. Yeah. Skedaddle. Yeah. See you. Appreciate it. You know. Oh well. Yeah. I'm curious to see your thoughts on uh the, hear your thoughts on uh Odin when you when you watch his film at, after the show. Just, yeah, I had to check him out, man. I didn't yeah. see. Um okay, so last topic of the night, we kind of referenced it earlier um about the first and second read stuff, but uh this week, uh, The Athletics' Mike Sando uh, published a controversial article this week. Uh, it was controversial in a way where there was kind of shots taken at Mahomes and Lamar Jackson in the article from unnamed uh, sources, an unnamed NFL defensive coordinator. Um, they don't they don't say who it is, but he quoted the uh, the NFL DC because I believe it was a it was a tiered quarterback list where he had Mahomes as a tier two. Uh, but anyway, this NFL DC had some outrageous comments to say about Mahomes. And the quote was, we love Mahomes because of it, uh, because of his unorthodox throws, not because of his natural pocket presence. And when that disappears, that is when they lose games. I don't think that is a one. I think that is a two. Uh, nothing against the guy. I love the kid. But take his first read away. And what does he do? He runs. He scrambles. He plays street ball, was the quote. Wow. Um you know, and I think some of this gets a lot. There's a lot of things here. There's a lot of like, you know, and I'll, I'll let you take over on uh, the commentary there, JD. But um, I think a lot of things we love about Mahomes is the fact that he can play street ball because he can play football like how you play in a backyard. He makes football fun. He makes things that are impossible look plausible that anybody can do, but not really, not anybody can do that because he's one of a kind who can do that. You know, he makes things like these. He's, you know, these mythical throws, these mythical, mythical comebacks that he had against the Texans because he's just different. And to say you take away his read, no, that's not true at all. And PFF actually had a stat on that, which Patrick Mahomes on throws past his first read since 2018, 91.00 PFF grade first uh, in the league, 4,498 yard, 498 passing yards first since 2018 and 39 passing touchdowns first. And that's, past his first read. So these are the PFF who does the analytics. So this is based in nothing. I, I don't even know who this uh, defensive coordinator is. There's a, there's also a racial undertone here with when you say street ball. 
um, as well. So I, I'm going to let you kind of take this one over, JD. But uh, what are your thoughts about this ridiculous quote? Oh man, it, it, it's exactly that. It's ridiculous, and, and I, I this has no merit whatsoever. Uh, this is one guy's opinion, and uh, those guys on the show they said earlier, like you know, put your name behind it. If that's if that's really how you feel, right? Don't be anonymous about it and say, you know, what you want to say. Uh, but I, I'm going to say this. <clears throat> if, if you just don't know how to express how a guy that's so talented can still make plays, uh, maybe use his legs, uh, maybe crafty and getting touchdowns or first downs, and still win the football games uh, that you will try to uh, diminish what he's done. Uh, it, it really says a lot about who this guy is. I, I you know, Patrick Mahomes is without a doubt uh, the best quarterback in football. Okay. He, he is. And I, I, you can argue all these different points you want to, uh, but you want to say that about Josh Allen, Josh Allen's making a lot of plays. He's running with his legs. Yeah. But apparently, uh, I guess he doesn't have an unorthodox throwing position. I mean, what's what's supposed to be the norm, right? What's supposed to be the norm? You know, when Drew Brees was killing everybody, but he's not the prototypical quarterback that's standing 6'3 or 6'4, he's got all the pass records that you could possibly have in football. But what's the norm, right? So it, you can use these things to try to – uh, 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 invalidate who a guy and his ability is just makes you look like a fool. It really does because the wins, uh, the touchdowns, the passing doesn't bear it out. The facts doesn't bear it out. So, yeah, have your little opinion behind your, your, your little article, whatever you want to do, push out, have it all you want to. But this is without a doubt, uh, and which is so sad, another one of those racial undertones that people say it, it really is backyard backyard football, okay, or, or what is street ball? Oh no, street ball. Street ball. Oh, because it's got to be particular to a certain ethnic group, right? The same thing, Lamar Jackson. Look, and I, I'm gonna say this, okay? Lamar Jackson, without a doubt, is a top quarterback in the league. This is my opinion, okay? Mm -hmm. If I'm starting a franchise, I'm going to take Lamar Jackson because he's a double threat with his legs and with him throwing the football. Now, he might not have the passing up. If, you just, if it's just a passing back, right, okay? If it's just a passing back, yeah, these other guys are, you know, head to shoulders above Lamar Jackson. But what Lamar Jackson's been able to do over these past years, killing guys. I mean, he's been killing defenses. You know what I'm saying? And nobody can take it away from him. Mm -hmm. They just can't. They said that when he came out, in, you know, from, from Louisville, the same thing, trying to turn him into a wide receiver. But the guy won MVP, okay? He had, I think, with, with, I forgot how many yards. I, I don't really know his stats, like I, but I know what I've watched and I've seen what he's been doing. Uh, but the same, Pat, he can do the same thing. Pat is underrated as a rusher, is throwing, running the football. Yeah. And, 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 and big old legs he got and, and, and hips be moving. He gets up, up and down the field. He can because he has some ability. He has athletic ability. He's an athlete. So, you know, when when 
guys say things like that. And, you know, when you use certain words, verbiage, you know, uh, to describe guys, you know what that means when you use that ter- particular verbiage, right? You know, certain definitions and terms they use it. Okay. Well, uh, shucking and jiving. Well, who you think you're talking to? You ain't gonna, you know, who, who would you, what demographic would you use? What would you say it was to? And so, man, when you hear so much of this, because stuff is still, is still prevalent today. It's, it's so crazy that we're actually having this conversation. Because sometimes maybe he didn't even realize it. And I think sometimes people don't realize what they say. Like they, so they really don't. They don't. Sometimes they just understand that, you know, maybe some things that's being said is ignorance and you're like, oh, well, I wasn't really trying to be okay. I know you wasn't, but then you need to realize like, you know, what this truly means. And, it, you know, sometimes we need to be cognizant of these things and aware mm-hmm. of what, what's being said. But even if he did and even so he didn't really care, fine, whatever. Let's go back to the numbers. Let's go back to it. You know, this man has been to two Super Bowls, uh, MVP, Super Bowl, four AOC championship games. Yeah. But he's unorthodox and he's a top uh, second tier quarterback. Okay. Somebody needs to reach in and smack you. I don't know who it is. And maybe you, you're probably not a defense coordinator anymore. If you, if you are, then. I'm sure your butt's been getting kicked up and down the field. Yeah. You know what I mean? So regardless of that, I tell you what, when you go up against him, I guarantee you ain't saying that. And if you are saying that, he's still kicking your butt regardless of it. True. So I, I just, to me, man, it's just, it, it, it's upsetting and it's disappointing to hear. It's disappointing to hear for the simple fact that you don't think Patrick Mahomes is a, is a top tier quarterback or he's not the best quarterback in the league, you know, because he doesn't have the same, I don't know, or, you know, you know, standard throw or whatever. Yeah. Brady, that's why he doesn't look like a, that guy. Yeah, man. Come on, man. Just, I, I just absolutely runs through me. It's just completely ridiculous, utterly dis- dismissive. It's completely wrong. And that guy right there is, he, he's, <laughs> I don't know, man. I'm, I'm just going to leave it at that. He's, 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 see now is what I'm going to say. See now. It's crazy. So whatever. The thing is too, it's like this, what I, what I read here, when I first saw this, I was like, this is interesting. This is what they say. Were, they were scared about Mahomes when he came out for the draft out of Texas Tech because he's played for the air raid system. You know, he doesn't really have the reads and stuff and all that stuff. That's what the, something they were, they, were, they were scared of and looking at his college tape. And since he's been playing the league, that's obviously I read the PFF numbers that they they looked at since he's been starting since 2018. It's like, okay, well, not only is this a ridiculous statement, it's wrong. It's fa- it's factually actually wrong. Actually right. correct. So it's like, huh? Is it, was this guy like basing his stuff off of uh, Mahomes' pre-draft uh, cons? I mean, I mean, what is this? Um, and then also on top of that, if this post said, um, like, or if the guy said. You know, he doesn't take what the defenses give him. He wants to go for the deep shot. Yeah, that's fine. That, that, that was a big problem last year. Yeah, that that that's true. That's correct. But he does this first read nonsense. I mean, that's just that's real. That's a that's a, that's that's BS. And quite frankly, I think I know Sando didn't didn't say this, but you're putting you're publishing a quote that's an actually incorrect quote. 
Right. And does that does that kind of just negate your whole story? And when I when I talk about what the the actual extent of the article was, we're talking about this this quote that's just a factually incorrect. And it's like, okay, well, why have we published this garbage if it's not even right? You know, so well, uh, man, look, it, it, you know, we like I said, there's a lot of things out here on the internet. You know, somebody might say, hey, no, JD is wrong. Fine, whatever. I, I'm just saying what I'm seeing from playing football. I know, and sometimes when you have a quarterback that can do both can hit you with their arm and their leg, he's a dangerous guy to beat. He really is. And so when you've seen a guy like Steve Young, right, who yeah. won Super Bowls because of his legs, you know, I mean, there's guys that could run with the football. Michael Vick, dangerous with his legs. We know Patrick Mahomes throwing the football, he's a dangerous man back there. Mm. He's got a cannon on him. There's not a throw – that anybody in the league can make more than Patrick Mahomes. Yeah. Patrick Mahomes has more of a bag of difficulty of doing, throwing, making plays than anybody else. So you can say it's street ball. You can say it's, you know, uh, uh, whatever, backyard football. You can say whatever you want to say. Uh-huh. I say it's, it's successful. That's what it is. Yeah. Okay. And he's leading. That's what we call it. Okay. So he has a level of talent that other guys in the league just don't have. Yeah. So who, who do you want to use? I don't care who you use as a quarterback. Patrick Mahomes can make every throw any of those guys can make, and then some. Yeah. And then some. So him sitting there saying that or, or just, man, quit it with that. It's, you know? It sounds like an older guy, like a boomer, as the as the kids say, a, a boomer who really doesn't is not with the times anymore. It just, it, just, it just looks different to him, I guess. But it's like, you're right, successful football. But, like, Mahomes is doing stuff that, yeah, Kids, you, you see kids doing having fun in the backyard doing those kind of stuff. But yeah, there's a reason why it's never been done in the NFL before because it's tough to do. And sorry, he's pretty damn good at it. <laughs> man, look, the man's creative. Okay. The man's talented. And you're going to take that talent and, and creation and say, like, oh my gosh, it's just, <laughs> well, no, this thing right here, because nobody else can do it, everybody's in all of it. Yeah. And you're in all of it. But just because you say it's not the standard or what you think in, in your mind is the standard or what it should be, okay, then it's not right. Yeah. So, look, there's a lot of bad opinions out there. Uh, there. There really is. And so this guy right here, man, he has no merit. Guys like that, excuse me, that talk and say, man, is completely ridiculous. So, you know, you'd be shocked, though. You don't necessarily, you know, has to be somebody older guy. You'd be shocked sometimes. Because yeah. sometimes people just learn, uh, you know, bad behavior. That could be one of those things. You get passed down, right? And so uh, I just I think, man, all of that, man, is just crazy. Yeah. That's why I said, like, I, you know, I did, I did just I just said it about like kind of Lamar too. Lamar is just him. He's a weapon. We know that. He's a, he's a weapon. Then taking away from me. But quarterback encompasses everything. Passing and maybe running the football. Yeah. That's everything that you can do. As a leader, all these different things. So, you know, it's just not a passing guy, mm-hmm. right? And you just got to have the best release. Well, shoot, they might they said it about who's the who's the guy I can't even think of his name right now. Came out of BYU. Oh, Zach, uh, Zach Wilson? Yeah. Oh, oh, he's he's got a pretty ball. <laughs> How many games did he win last year? I know. Yeah. Oh, what did he do? Right? Okay. Yeah. Shoot. I mean, we, we could go, you know, up and down the road with guys that they're supposed to be the prototypical quarterbacks who do things, has a great arm. Suckers out the league. Yeah. They're not getting it done. So, yeah. so all you want to about Patrick Mahomes. Patrick Mahomes is the number one quarterback in the NFL, period. Yeah. By, by, by a mile, too. By a mile. By a mile. A long shot. 
Yeah. Yeah. So it, it's crazy. We talk about the racial undertones of the of the street ball stuff, and like, yeah, we talk about his his opinion being, you know, not based in anything, not based in fact, just a just an opinion, right? But it's but he's he's trying to say it's a it's a factual thing. If you take away his first read, you can't do anything, which is not true at all. As we as no. we saw the stats, so that also goes along with another racial undertone of. Uh, black quarterbacks can't be smart enough to read defenses because that that's always been that's always been something the, the it's whole been something yeah so that's forget, forget street balls a whole different aspect because that's that's something else where we're going to a different uh, a way of looking at the racial or two but the the intelligence aspects like dude we're looking at the stats right here that's not true so like whoever this is uh i, I don't know yeah. And the thing is, it, it, that that room has been dispelled. It, like all of that is just like they, they, there's no bearing whatsoever validity in any of that what's being said. Yeah. But also too, like even if he does throw it deep, he had a receiver that he could throw the ball deep too. Yeah. Like so, you know, want you don't want him utilize a weapon. You know, I'm gonna say, hey, look, I'm going deep to a guy who could get past the defense. Yeah. Better than anybody else in the league. Like, come on, why wouldn't he utilize that yeah. if he has that? If he has that. Why wouldn't you utilize it, right? Yeah, I don't. It, it sounds like this guy's bitter as hell. <laughs> hey man, I don't know. I, I look. I, I'm like this. If if you James Bond and you got all these gadgets or Batman or whatever, you got all these gadgets, but you ain't gonna use them because like, oh, okay, well, uh, you know, I'm just gonna take down, diminish what I can do. No, <laughs> that ain't gonna work. I'm gonna use everything in my, you know, my utility belt, right? Yeah, or, or my car, or whatever. I'm gonna use everything. Yeah, so you'd be a fool not to, right? Yeah, what are you gonna do? Some people have these crazy opinions that they think are based in factual analysis, which are not. So I right. wonder who he's the DC for. Um, I, I really do wonder. I mean, after reading that and seeing the PFF stats, because I mean, I knew it was it was it was a false, but then reading the stats, he was number one in all these different these PFF grades that we always talk about. And it's like, okay, who's this guy? To um, who's this guy? He's probably shoot. He might have been the DC man uh, against your flag football team. <laughs> like probably said some, you know, like that. <laughs> You and you was cooking them up, Marcus. You cooking them up, shoot. He got mad because you was you was you was doing uh, Pat Mahomes doing to him. You know what I'm saying? He ain't like it. Hey, I want to put it past him. Want to put it past him? Put it past him, man. But I'm just saying, like, yo, that like when that, when somebody, you know, says something like that, man, he just he, you you see how how we, we incredibly ridiculous it is, and you just move past it because it's like, why why even give it air? Why even give it there? Yeah, I I didn't want to talk about, it, but I also wanted to hear your reaction on it tonight, just because it's like it's so out outrageous on yeah. so many on so many levels that I was like, yeah. I wanted to hear a U.S. Six. I mean, you hear Shan Sharp, you know, he's a, he's a big uh, Mahomes fan, but he went off today on 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 that on that whole on that whole on that whole uh, quote, and it's like, oh, did he? Uh, I know, I know Sharp, I know Sharp went in. Oh yeah, I, I gotta check it out. I, I can imagine. <laughs> I didn't see what Skip said, but while Sharp was talking, you could see Skip like nodding his head to what Sharp was saying. And Skip's been one of Mahomes' biggest doubters, which is weird. Skip doesn't make any sense. A lot of these guys don't make sense to me. They're, they're all they're all like caricatures. But Skip, who is a huge Mahomes fan coming out of college, then once Mahomes comes to the NFL, changes his whole thing on Mahomes because I think oh, yeah. you know these guys had to have a oh shit Sharps for Mahomes. Okay, I have to be against Mahomes. Right, right, yeah, yeah. That's part of the show. Right, it's all, it's all gimmick, but that's yeah, it. it's, just, it's it's crazy. Um, anybody who agrees with this doesn't know football. And after seeing the stats, I hope that should also tell people like, okay, well, this is there's nothing, there's nothing, nothing based in merit in this whole thing. So, whatever. Yeah. Um, but 
That does it for us. Thanks for tuning in to Chief Concerns presented by Ben Online. It was a great, uh, nice uh, day one of training camp show. And um, hopefully, you know, I think by the time we are on next week, I think there's going to be everyone, the pads are going to be on, right? Should be. Yeah, should be. Yeah, yeah. definitely. Yeah, because yeah. it's, it's, shoot, you, you're getting close to, you know, before you know it, that first preseason game will be here. Yeah. You know? So you got to get guys ready. How, how how many days is it of uh, just helmets and then it goes to shells and then it goes to what, do you remember? You know, I'm I'm not sure. I'm not sure. Seemed like I started on day one. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Coach Vermeil wasn't playing. Yeah, it's like what are you doing with the pads in here? Oh yeah, we got full we, we full gear tomorrow. What we just got here? Yep, yep. Yeah. You know, Coach Coach Vermeil. You know how he does. And I'm just and and matter of fact, he's going into the Hall of Fame. The following weekend, so uh, shout out to Coach Vermeil on those things too, man. Yeah. Uh, love you, Coach. You know, so right. can't wait to get up there. Hopefully, I get up to the training camp, man. Hopefully, I get up there sometime soon. I want to see what's going on. So, uh, trying to get some of the reports. Like I said, I'm just I'm just getting back from you know the vacation, so I'm gonna start like trying to catch up on things and see yeah. where everything is. I'm gonna try to make my way out in Kansas City at some point, sometime, uh, and go see those boys. So. All the all the viewers and listeners, JD may go to training camp, so get, keep in touch with JD. And maybe you can uh, link up with JD when he goes to training camp. That's right. Come see me. You see me out here on the show. Come out, let me. Right. I don't care if you come disagree, but they don't like what you. Say. Go ahead. I like to hear it. I like to talk. I love having conversations. I just love people. So, you know, please come see me. Awesome. All right. Well, that does it. We'll see you guys next week, and hopefully, there's. Hopefully we get those, bring those two edges in and we can discuss uh, some more about the uh, the edge rush room being one of the, the highly talented uh, groups on the team now, if, if, if that happens, but we'll, we'll, we'll see. So we'll see you guys next week. Hi, everybody. Thanks for watching. Subscribe here to get the latest from the show. Also, be sure to check out the best clips from Chief Concerns. And if you prefer to listen to the show, subscribe and follow us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and anywhere else you get podcasts. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.